the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Morning, everybody. It's a Saturday. Good to be back. 42 will be the high today, says the 710 KNUS Weather Center. 51 tomorrow, Sunday, 50 Monday, and on Tuesday, 50, 50 degrees. 303-696-1971 is our number. And the topic this morning is, what have you learned? And we're going to have two Palestinian people in studio. They will be here about 11.15. Now we go to 1 o'clock. So... I wrote a column that is uh, out now in the Chronicle as well as on our website, 710KNUS, about what we are watching. And I believe, and we have talked about this numbers of times, but now it comes closer. Maybe it's the first question I asked, 303-696-1971. How close do you think this country is to blundering into yet another war? I mentioned the last two. In the column that I wrote about Lyndon, I put Lyndon Johnson, Richard Nixon as the same presidency. And they told so many lies about Southeast Asia and almost um, agreed upon figure that our country has spent now on Southeast Asia, $141 billion in Vietnam, 58,220 American GIs lost their lives. Nobody will know. How many Southeast Asians, North Vietnam, is, they claim 1.1 million soldiers were killed. And to what end? To what end for this country? And, of course, next comes George Bush and Dick Cheney. The Iraq War has cost the United States of America at this point nearly $2 trillion. And when, depending on whose viewpoint you have, decides to leave, or some people say the U.S. was evicted, and now, of course, back in Iraq. The bill for that war was estimated at $1.922 trillion. And, of course, all these fine young Americans, Lord will only know how many Iraqis, how many Afghans. And, as you know, the entire Bush-Cheney invasions were based on lies. The veteran suicide rate now in this country has skyrocketed. And once again, to what end? The United States invades Afghanistan in uh, 2001, August 2021. The U.S. leaves. I ask you, what have you learned? Uh, these beginnings have often become tripwires. And that's really what we have talked about. The legendary historian Barbara Tuckman. And Barbara Tuckman talked about something called tripwire wars. And I'm asking, again, 303-696-1971. Are we about to step, or has the United States already stepped on yet another tripwire? And tripwire wars are best illustrated by Tuckman as the First World War. It begins with the Sarajevo assassination of the Archduke, Franz Ferdinand, and his wife. But it, it escalates. But each time its t- step is the next step and the next step. Tripwire steps. And then what happens? And then the entire world is at war. How close do you think? What verge of the uh, of the tripwire do you think that this country is on right now? And I'm serious about this. And I don't know. Who, I I don't know who calls the shots. I think much of it is what I've learned now, just to call the war machine. The military-industrial complex loves this. This is the kind of thing that they love. So if you just go right now, taking. What's taking place in the Middle East? Um, the Iranian Revolutionary Guard officials watching the Yemen strikes. The United States is making strikes. What's happened between Palestinians and Israelis? And never forget, up here in the corner, we're watching in the Ukraine. So the question remains, what have you, what have you learned about American foreign policy since... After the Second World War, what have you learned? Uh, Dwight Eisenhower's great goodbye when he talks about the military-industrial complex. He warns you about the complex. 
And the two great goodbyes are George Washington's goodbye when Washington says, avoid foreign entanglements. That was the principal part of that farewell address. And he's talking about going and getting involved. And he said, stay away from these people. And of course, that is echoed now. Stay away from these people. Why do you think, why do you think the U.S. is there? Why do you think we're there in the first place? And what have you learned? Um, as I said, there are two Palestinian people coming in the studio about 11.15, 11.20. They said they will take calls and they want to speak. And uh, I did a YouTube show with well, one of them, uh, first part of this week, very powerful things that are said. So, again, here we are. The, um, the United States is back right flat in the middle again. What have you learned? What have you learned from Cheney and Bush? What have you learned from Nixon? What have you learned from Lyndon Johnson? What have you learned in terms of foreign policy? The war, the history, the future? Uh, I, for one, have looked at this and said no. No, and I've been saying no for quite a while, but the cost of, of death and the cost of money is staggering. And yet here we go again. Uh, we just lost Tommy Smothers. If you know about when Tommy Smothers was on their show and they wanted to sing uh, these knee-deep in the big muddy and the old fool says press on, that was aimed at Lyndon Johnson. And, and Lyndon Johnson presses on. That's even before Nixon... Nixon starts really his series of lies. Cheney and Bush, it's enough said. What cost has this been? And now are we there again? Uh, the, is the country uh, from, you think about American history and these estimates of billions of dollars and thousands, tens of thousands of lives lost. And for, for what reason? For what reason? So, I don't know about you, but there are these moments you go, okay, I've had enough. And you should be watching this right now and thinking, have you had enough? So, 303-693-1971, lines are open. Twin Aspen Dental Center, dedicated to providing comprehensive family dental care. And they offer a range of services from regular checkups to cleanings to same-day crowns, digital implants, dentures, Invisalign clears, the braces that you can't see. The, uh, Dr. Dr. Richter has been our guy for a long, long time. And now, the, now both doctors, together as Dr. Richter and Dr. Snyder, they address all your family's dental needs effectively, and they do it such a good way. In case of a dental emergency, they, they offer prompt and professional care, treatment for tooth trauma, dental abscesses. They've been ours for me and for my family. They accept most dental insurance plans and even offer a reduced-fee dental membership plan that Provides individuals and families with preventative care, with quality dental treatment, and reduced prices. To learn more about their services and plans, visit the website twinaspendentalcenter.com. You can call to speak to Dr. Richter, speak to Dr. Snyder, speak, speak to folks in the front office. Call them at 303-841-7466, 303-841-7466. Don't wait. Take the first step towards maintaining great smiles and achieving a better one. Twin Aspen Dental Center, 303-841-7466. They are my friends. All right, let's begin. Uh, we'll go to Ralph. Ralph, you're on the radio show. Happy Saturday. Good morning. Oh, happy Saturday to you, too. Thank you. <clears throat> you didn't mention it, but I think it covers it better than anything else, is Dwight Eisenhower's 1952 Cross of Iron speech. Another one, yes. It, yes. He got into the White House, and he discovered what the cost of everything was. And I can't quote the speech, I don't have it, but basically he pointed out that for the cost of one heavy bomber, uh, B-50, what, B-47, mm -hmm. you could build, you know, 20 hospitals or 30 grade school, elementary grade schools, or sure. and so on and so forth. And the thing is that the United States has got this theory that we have to prove to the world that we are it. I don't know if we and have to, or I don't know if we have to, but or rather we've been engineered into believing that, going back to Washington or going back. But Precisely. I, I, I brought a bunch of numbers in. From 61 until the surrender of Saigon, 
The United States spent more, or we spent more than $141 billion in Southeast Asia, more than $7,000 for each of South Vietnam's 120 million people. In other words, we could have given a $7,000 check to everybody in that country. Imagine. No, no question, uh, but I was there. Mm. I'm that old. Yeah. And the bottom line on it was I was asked by a, uh, I was an Air Force intelligence officer, and I was asked by a two-star general why the North Vietnamese teenagers would stand by behind a 12.7 machine gun shooting at a American F-4 that was going to blow them to hell with rockets or machine gun fire, and why that Vietnamese kid would keep fighting. And the answer I said that got me in trouble was because it is his country. Absolutely. Same with the Pashtuns in Afghanistan. They, they, they talked to these people. They had no idea where New York was, or better yet, what the Twin Towers were. These were, these were people living in what's been described as the Hindu Kush, they were Pashtun tribes people. They didn't know anything, but they did not want people invading their country. And oftentimes, they thought American uh, GIs were Russians uh, because they had been dealing with the Russians for so many years prior to the Americans. Now, that's. Do you think George Bush ever cracked, or Dick Cheney ever cracked a book on the history of that country and who those people are? No, I don't think so either. But but they had experts who were telling them that's right what they wanted to hear and where did those experts and, and now actually that, that that when the experts came in and went into Rumsfeld's office and told them not to their careers were trashed oh precisely but you see that was the same thing that's Vietnam deja vu over for me if you tell truth to power you do not get promoted. Well, but now, remember Hindman from on the cry on uh, the Ukraine and, and bright, or, or, bright, bright, shining lie, and I mean all those wonderful. But now, tell me this: How close do you think we sit on the tripwire? We don't need. Or let me let me phrase it this way: China and Russia do not need to go to war. They simply let the United States continue to exhaust ourselves, to waste money on the desert or in the jungles, to destroy our own society as we cannot figure out that, you know, that the Constitution says you have to actually declare war before you go to war. Yeah. If Biden or anybody else, and I include Trump as well, wants to go to war someplace, then follow the Constitution. Sure. Get Congress to declare war. Otherwise, don't go. No, I mean, even there was one dissenting vote in the Second World War. You probably know that story. And Yes. Um, but then they became the War Powers Acts, and then they became declarations. And Harry Truman never asked for a declaration of war in, in, uh, in Korea, and they dubbed it a police action, which to the the the, uh, the the Marines and the yeah. so and the GIs and they just went and when Harry Truman if, called if it a you, police action. Sure. If, if you look at the congressional record, the last time we declared war, mm -hmm. it was in the 1940s, and I think it was on Bulgaria because they hmm. they had joined Hitler. Huh. But there's no declaration of war enacted by Congress since the 1940s. Well, yeah, and when and we've lost every war in the United States. Yeah, I mean. But I still come back to why. Why do you think the United States, I mean, I, I, the war machine plays a huge part of this. But how, again, Ralph, I, love your, I always love your calls. How close do you think we are this morning to watch this insanity occur again? Whether it's what's taking place between the Israelis and, 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 and Palestinians now stretching the war into Lebanon the Houthi strikes, and that's the United States Air Force doing that, and those Houthi rebels, and, and that's a that's a surrogate war against the Saudi Arabians, and we, of course, the, the the games that the United States of America plays with the Saudi Arabians are to be unforgiven. So the Houthi rebels are violating retaliation against our country after the United States and the British airstrike them in Yemen. It's a surrogate game, and now 
the, now the Pakistanis and the Iranians have begun. That's not a surrogate war. But, and again, the, the Iranians, who are not fools by any stretch of the imagination, are sitting back like and waiting. And that's what I believe. Oh, yes. But, but let me give you two points. First point, the Hutus are like that North Vietnamese teenager who's firing his 12.7 machine gun against certain death. Mm-hmm. That's their motivation. It's their country. Yeah. Number two, I don't think what you're talking about is not the tripwire for World War Three. Fundamentally, all that China and Russia and Iran need to do is to sit back like um, Muhammad Ali and play rope-a-dope. Well, we'll exhaust absolutely. ourselves, I mean, and then they can knock us off. Well, the Houthi rebels have vowed retaliation. I've been reading them, trying to understand who they are Be- at America for the for the strikes. And, and if you read, again, the wider conflict, maybe it's a better way to say it, in the mm-hmm. regions, already Israeli war in Gaza, um, the response that's been launched in the United States Air Force command said, and I read this this morning, has struck over 60 targets and 16, stri- 16 sites in Yemen. And the Navy warships and the fighter jets come from the Dwight Eisenhower that's taken place in the operation. Now, what do you think these people are going to do? They're going to do exactly what the Cambodians did when we had Sideshow and secretly mm-hmm. bombed Cambodia. Yeah. The Cambodians are going to get madder than hell. Well, excuse me. Whoever we're bombing yeah, at the time has a 100% assured history of getting madder at hell hmm. at those bombers. And let me quote you just a real quick thing from Afghanistan. It's by a woman. We bombed her village. May God destroy your tanks and your drones, for they have destroyed my village, my home. Now, what are you going to do about that, George? What are you going to do about that, Biden? What are you going to do about that, Donald? I I met a guy, and I'll tell the story, and then i got a break. We'll come back and take calls, lines, or jammed. Um, In Lebanon, in the Bacaw Valley, in a a camp, and the guy had come, and he was, um, I've told the story once before, he was a druggist, and he had actually gone to school at NYU. And he had a drugstore in, in, uh, in Baghdad. And he said, we, I mean, it's like talking to you. His English was that good, because I speak nothing but. And he said that he was, he was a Christian. He was a, he, they were Orthodox. And he said, Saddam left him alone. I'm not defending Saddam. He said, Saddam mm-hmm. left him alone. He said, and then the Americans came, and they bombed his drugstore. And then after, no, they destroyed his drugstore and his way of no, life. No, I'm not laughing at that. I'm no. laughing at how similar it is. And then, and then after that um, came ISIS. And ISIS drove him out, uh, killed a couple of his family members. And he was now um, in Lebanon. And he could, not, he, could, he could not be licensed as a, as a pharmacist. He was, very, he was a very smart guy. And he could not open a store. He could not work. He simply had to be in in these camps. And I thought, with great sadness, and I'm looking at this guy. And um, I'm thinking to myself, what 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 role did he? Because there's Saddam had nothing to do with 9/11. Nothing, nothing to do with with 9/11. And and Bush did what Bush did, and actually more Cheney probably did it. But to what end? Now to what end? And what has anybody learned? The answer is seemingly nothing because we're going, you know, you know what, out back at these people again right now. I'll give you the last comment, Ralph, if you want it. Yes, but, but what you're failing to consider is the impact on the American economy and also the fact that if we have a war state going on, then we can up the debt. Oh, yeah, wartime. The second thing, yeah, wartime, yeah. The second thing that you're forgetting is that this allows us to upgrade the munitions that we now have. We sell them 
or yeah. give them all the old stuff, sure. and now we have to well, replace it at even more expensive new stuff. I didn't know QED. this. And I don't know if I told this on the air. Alan Samuel owns Machine Gun Tours, and I didn't know there's ammunition brokers, which shows you all the stuff I don't know. And he can't buy ammunition. And I said, Alan, you know, it's, I said, where he said, but it's good. It's good. No, that's, and it's 5.56 five, and, yeah, 7.63 and 9 millimeter. And I said, where's it all going? Well, you know where it's going. And mm-hmm. it's going in bulk. And it's going to either Ukraine or now it's going to the ME. And, you know, not that I'm, I suffer from lack of ammo. That's not my point. It was like all this ammunition now goes elsewhere. And think about every time a U.S. armored vehicle gets destroyed, either in the ME or in Ukraine, the cash register rings someplace in General Dynamics or someplace. And, um, and I'm thinking to myself, what have we learned? The answer is apparently nothing. I appreciate that's always, Ralph. Yeah, that's why I started with the cross of iron. I'll talk with you. Thank you, sir. Uh, Danny Kaplis, and um, Dan's believed to be the only attorney in Colorado history to win five straight multimillion-dollar jury verdicts, motor vehicle crash cases. Danny and his partners, and he, he, he is such a good guy. Kaplis is just a good guy. I talk about years ago when my family had some things happen, and the job that Danny did, the firm's history. Five and eight, seven and eight figure settlements and verdicts speak for themselves. The firm were good people of all walks of life without regard to the ability to pay, get the highest level representation. Capitalist law. Danny's firm believes talks cheap, experience counts, results matter. The firm would be happy to share with you its track record of outstanding jury verdicts, out of court settlements. Dan's the man, believes that who you hire says so much about you to everybody involved in the case. Suggest you choose a law firm that shares your values. Dan Kaplis Law believes that they are that right firm. It talks about the values of the firm, historic success, faith, integrity, hard work, dedication, right causes. If you need demands help or just want a question answered, 303-770-5551, 303-770-5551, or Kaplis Law, C-A-P-L-I-S Law. He is my friend. He is yours. 303-770-5551. Morning, everybody. 710 Kane, U.S. Denver's talk station. Peter Boyle's on the air everywhere. January the 20th, 2024. 42 will be the high. 51 on Sunday, 50 on Monday, and 50 on Tuesday. We're standing by for Dr. McWhorter. I want to talk about that. In the meantime, we're doing open lines. The topic is what have you learned? And we go back to prior to the 60s and talk about U.S. foreign policy decisions, cost of lives, the tremendous cost of money, and asking, what have you learned from all of that? And now, where are we now? And where do we sit? Uh, back to the back to the phone. So let's go to Don. Don, you're on a radio show. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning, Peter. Morning, sir. Good to, good to hear you. I haven't been around for a few weeks, so kind of a treat for me. Um, you want to go back into the 50s, 40s, 30s, 20s? I, I want to go where you want to go. Go ahead. Well, I think a lot of this stuff in a big way started with the Treaty of Versailles. Oh, absolutely. The part of the, most of the Middle and, East problems go there. You know, you know who was told not to show up and turned away. Ho Chi Minh. For that. Yeah, exactly. So looking at history, and I have no life. All I do is listen to books all day and mm-hmm. a lot of really good stuff you've recommended and things I find. I don't think we should be surprised at all about where we've gotten to at this point in time with all the warring, all the money being made. I mean, it is so gargantuan. It, they'll never be reined in. It, I just think it's going to but be doesn't there, doesn't doesn't there come a moment? And our, the, the column that I wrote and how I've seen things for so many years now, it doesn't doesn't there come a moment for the voter that the voter figures this out and goes, we we can't do this anymore. We can't continue well, this. I, I, Peter, I agree with you. It doesn't there come? But the other thing is. What do a majority of the voters put their time, 
interest and energy into um, on a daily day. Oh, basis. sure. It's it's your wallet. You, know, you, you yeah. It's like, I well, I told, I don't know if it was Brockler or corporate. I told him one time, I says, you know, it's really good to listen to you and a few other people and, you know, really dissect this stuff and people that actually take some time to read history. I mean, it never gets old, but most people don't really want to learn. So is the voter going to be able to be swayed or changed? Maybe a little bit because of economics and war, but at what, what time in your life and my life, since we're pretty close in age, have we lived when there wasn't some conflict going yeah, on? No, there's rumors of wars. What War and rumors of war is one of the lines that comes through American history. And remember, it's a as I, I, who said this, but it's a country made by war. And I think that's an interesting concept as well. Not, And it isn't about the country, our country, the country that we both love. This is about decisions that are being made to take, go abroad and get in, in, embroiled in these morasses that's come out with nothing. And I come back to what have you learned? And um, it sounds like you've learned. Uh, sounds like the last guy learned. But people are, I mean, the, like right? Amor, Amor Rothschild said, you know, yeah. um, I don't care about the politics and what side. I just care about giving me the banking. Well, and the Rothschild banking interest, in, but World Bank plays out in this stuff. And certainly the American banks play out in this. The Bank of America plays out in it. Uh, my God, there's something that was warned about. One of the warnings from Thomas Jefferson is never have a national bank. Well, do you tell me what the Federal Reserve Reserve is, if not a national bank? So these these mandates that the United States is going to do these things, but again and again and again, as Neil Sheehan called it, the bright shining lie. These lies that are told when you when you look at Lyndon Johnson, Richard Nixon series of lies, and you think, well, that won't happen again. Along comes Cheney, and along comes huh. and and the lies begin again, and now. I'm watching the world, and I'm thinking to myself, because the, the, the uh, cameras have come off of Ukraine, and in some ways the cameras come off of, uh, out of, uh, away from Gaza. But now, now we're talking about the United States air striking in Yemen, and, we're ta- and, and the Pakistanis and the Iranians are heating it up. And how much do we play out in all of that? Uh, and the answer is I, I don't know. I have Dr. Jeff with us. Um, love the call. Thank you, man. Be safe. Please say good morning. You want to bring him on, Louis? Uh, he's become such a great friend, Dr. Jeff McWhorter. Uh, we, we were yesterday, my daughter and I were in, back in the, and they are, the hyperbaric tra- chambers. And, and Doc's with us. Hey, Doc, good morning. Thanks for coming back on the show. Good morning, Peter. How are you? You know, I'm good. Um, one of the other, the other things that the multifaceted team of, 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 of your clinics of McWhorter CNR, talk about what you do. We talk so much about the chambers, but talk about what else that you guys do in terms of helping people regain the quality of their lives. Yeah, I mean, so I built McWhorter CNR to be a one-stop shop for everything from brain injuries to spinal health to wellness and mental health. And so under one roof, we offer roughly about 20 different services, and we build treatment plans specific to what the individual needs based on findings of deficits that are seen on exam, whether that's in how your brain's working or how your body's moving to the individual that just wants to improve how their brain works or how their body moves as far as it goes. And right now, during ski season, we're seeing our typical Weekend warrior syndrome result in, yep. you know, different yep. musculoskeletal injuries as well as head traumas from maybe taking a spill here or there. And yep. we're your one-stop shop for getting you back to doing the things you love in this active state. I, I can't tell you what he's Dr. McWhorter and these guys have done for my daughter and I. We go to hyperbaric treatment. But, again, the other appointments, uh, your body's performance, the other clinic is in Centennial, and the phone number is 720 720- 717-4748. Visit them online. It's M-C-W-H-O-R-T-E-R, then it's CNR.com. But truly, I mean, the work that this guy has done for, for myself and for my daughter 
has been amazing. I was talking to Dr. McCallan about it, about and how much evidence is overwhelming now just on the you know on getting in hyperbaric treatments. But again, neurofeedback treatments, mental health, cognitive performance. If you take a if you take a nose dive skiing, call McWhorter. Uh, Jeff, give the phone number a couple more times. Yeah, uh, so our Centennial office is seven two zero seven one seven four seven four eight. We're open there Monday through Fridays, and then we also have a sister location of the H Spot Spa attached to that office. So whether you're wanting to just partake in what we offer in Cherry Creek at the H Spot Spa, being hyperbaric IVs and neurofeedback, you can do it at either location. Again, it's seven two zero. Seven one seven four seven four eight, and I actually have a friend who wants to buy a chamber, so I'll talk to you. <laughs> okay, yeah, and now because that too, yeah, you do that as well. But truly, they're now in Centennial and in Cherry Creek, of course, and they are lifesavers. Good weekend, sir. Well, I'll see you Monday or Tuesday. Thank you. Be safe. All right, buddy. Thanks. Take care. All right, uh, and we're in open lines. Coming up in the studio will be two two Palestinian people. We'll be in studio. Uh, in, um, oh, I don't know, about, about 1120, 11.30. Um, we, once again, recapping the positions of this country. And I finished a column. It's in. It's up on the website. And it's also in the Chronicle about, entitled it, you know, I didn't, I don't, what have you learned? But I repetitiously asked that question, what have you learned? And if we go back and look at this country and... I, I know I quote Orwell, who is really one of my one of my 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 heroes, Barbara Tuckman, the notion of a tripwire. One of my favorite historians, Barbara Tuckman, says the First World War was a series of people stepping on the tripwire, a tripwire war, a lie or an actual event that can lead to the insanity of the First World War. That was a tripwire. And if you figure what we're watching right now in Middle East. A lie or an actual event can lead to the insanity that World War I was. The insanity, I think, that you and I are watching. Again, the Iranians seem to be, as someone said earlier, just waiting in the wings. The Biden administration sends carrier fleets, and then Biden bypasses Congress on aid to Ukraine and Israel. We've given so many billions of dollars in weapons, and what is the end use? I ask you, what is the end? 303-696-1971. This is Joe. You're on the radio show. Good morning. Good morning, Pete. I give you credit for helping shape some of my change in worldview. For one, I do not believe anymore that George Bush was just making a mistake with the weapons of mass destruction. No, he wasn't. I mean, after after going over that and listening to all of the nonsensical statements that came out from that, you have to acknowledge that uh, Cheney persuaded Bush, and it was for money. That's what it was for. They they were wholly invested in all of these um, multinational corporations, and they were going to make big largesse from invading Iraq, and they did. And they uh, they blamed the Afghans for a, a, a series of of events that the Saudi Arabians actually did. I agree with that, too. Uh, Saudi Arabia has been a a money feeder to the different administrations all through the last, well, who knows, 75 years. And the conflict between Yemen and Saudi Arabia and the United States is doing the, again, the puppeteer is the Sods and bombing into Yemen or airstriking into Yemen these people are enemies of the royal house. And so here we are, and we're, we're being cheered on by people. Oh, we're getting with these uh, Yemanis, these, uh, these terrorists. But the war is uh, – the, the, it's a Saudi Arabian war, and we are well, – we're, we're carrying the water. See, well, you got to realize, too, uh, who is responsible. I believe this. The Democrat Party shift has also shifted to a war footing, the the war hawk footing, 
and they're helping to fund all these wars. For sure. Uh, Barack Obama had invested large, large amounts of money into the Iranians. Now, whether you want to say it was their no, money was their or money. what, yeah, they theirs. took the foot off of Iran, and they shouldn't have. Well, uh, the, 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 the giving them, the shipping them pallets of money was not helping our cause. But I urge you to go slow. The, the Iranian complaint against this country was the Shah. And what the Shah did and what the American CIA did and what an, a company, a multinational called Aramco, it's American oil, and what they did into that country. And so I'm half I, Persian. So oh, my father came from Iran. All right. So my point is then he, and, he and, uh, why did he leave? Well, well, he left to America to get an education. I understand, but he, he was a, was was a Shah. And- he also left as the Shah, Shah was deposed okay. because the the Western thinkers were aligned with the Shah, and they were hated by the nut jobs that are hmm. running the country now. No, wait, go once again. Go slow. The the the. What the Shah did and who placed the Shah on the throne, I'm not defending the Ayatollahs. Don't misunderstand my position. What I am saying to you is understand them. And well, when when you understand them, you have to understand what went from where where they come. Well, they are either way they are Muslims. They, they they do not precede the Jews. Uh, you know, the idea that the Islamic community or Palestinians you're changing, that you're going to have on Joe, Joe, you're switching somehow horse. precede right, you're switching the horses. Jews, they don't. Joe, you're switching horses. The okay, first, but first, let's go back to right. what we've learned. I will say this. One thing I don't think you have learned is that the Democrat Party is now full funding all of these wars and like it. And they don't care about America anymore. They're willing for the switch to be pulled because they are more worried about losing power than they are whether no. we're destroyed. Well, let me ask you about three different characters. One, what party was Richard Nixon? Well, I don't think that Richard Nixon has any huh. any comparison. Hold on to mm-hmm. the idiot Biden. Right, what what, part, it, what party was George? What party was George Bush? Nixon is a saint. Compared oh. to Joe Biden, what what party was George Bush and Dick Cheney? George Bush, a saint compared to Joe Biden. I, 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 there have been more more people died, more money was spent under Richard Nixon, George Bush, and Dick Cheney. I'm not defending Joe Biden, but nonsense. You know, oh, I'm not, I'm not uh, nonsense. Yes, you, uh, ask any. Uh, just a minute, moment. Ask anyone in Ukraine whether that's true or not. No, but total monies and death and all those kinds of things. How many people have died in Ukraine? Do you have any idea? I I do not. No, but I do know. Well, I have an idea. Okay. Uh, At least half a million people. Okay. What do you think the death toll was in Southeast Asia or Iraq or Afghanistan? I mean, I think it was large. Yeah. I I hate this conversation right now. The point is, we're well, uh, one yeah. one death doesn't make another death. So no, I agree with so, that. But I also think that that's what separates Donald no. Trump from this conversation. He does not want us embroiled in these kind of actions. He wants to make America strong and withdraw from the war hawk idiocy that we are doing now. Okay, thank you. Three zero three six nine six nineteen seventy one. What have you learned since? I don't know. You pick the date. You pick the time. Uh, one of my many idols in history has been Orwell. And I quote Orwell in the piece I wrote, all the war propaganda, all the screaming, all the lies, all the hatred comes inevitably from people who are not fighting. And that would be Cheney. That would be Nixon. That would be Johnson. That would be certainly Joe Biden. Uh Next, when you look at these people, the cost, the Iraq war cost nearly $2 trillion, and that number climbs. What have you learned? The bill of the war in Iraq, just Iraq alone, is estimated at $1.922 trillion. And how many young men and women? And that, that number continues to skyrocket with, with suicides. 
And now here we go again. How close is all of this? Lou, do you want to take a break? It is 1043. You want to take calls. What would you? Lou, all right, we'll take a break. Lou says take a break. We take a break. We have two Palestinian people in studio coming up in the next hour. It's a Saturday. 42 will be the high. 51 Sunday, Monday, 50 degrees. I'm Peter Boyles. It's a 710 KNUS. Saturday morning, everyone. Good morning. Peter Boyles on the air, January 20th, 2024. 710 KNUS 303-696-1971. Two Palestinian people in studio in the next hour. We go back to the phones. This is Raj. Raj, you're on the radio show. Happy Saturday. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, Peter. How are you? I'm hey, I'm well, man. Thank you. Good to hear your voice. Yes, um, I'm sorry. Excuse my, you know, in case if uh, it's not a strong language to talk. I'm Iranian American. Some of the things that uh, you are talking about, I'm, I'm just surprised. So I thought I just call because I usually don't call and just say make a comment if you don't mind. No, not at all. What are you surprised at? Well, you guys have a wrong view of Shaw, first of all, uh, because Shaw, you know, I mean, especially with the way this regime has been doing, like last 45 years, I'm surprised that anybody tried to justify the thing that, uh, I mean, you sounded the way it looked like us. I mean, I'm American, Iranian-American, but you know, the state is in fault. That's why What's I said? the Mullahs acted. That's what no, it's why. Well, you were saying. Yeah, that's what you I were said. Say, you, you were saying that you, yeah, you were saying that you understand why they hate America. There is nothing, nothing for them to hate America. No, but hating, America, Jimmy Carter even helped Khomeini to go to war to to get power. I understand, but they just they took hostages like for four hundred fifty six. Yep. If I was United States, I would have just tried to change the regime forty years ago. They, you know how many no, Americans got killed no, by no, Iranians? Uh, but go slow. But I'd like to go slow with you on this because Aramco and the oil, when when there was an election, they they ousted the Shah. And we would call it environmental crimes that were being committed in Iran with the oil fields. The price of the oil was not going to uh, Iranian people. It was going to the Shah. And then the CIA and the, and the creating of Aramco, uh, and the Shah goes back on, what was it, the Peacock throne. The Shah goes back on the throne. And he's kept there by what? by Americans. You, are, you, are you talking you're talking about 1950s, is that right? You're well, talking about Mossad there. When, 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 the, yeah, the overthrow. Yeah. You, you're not talking about 1979. You're talking no, about no, like not. 34. Yeah. 30, yeah. So, so, so that has nothing to do with mullahs because the the people like Mossadegh they were nationalists, and the way it sounded like I know United States helped uh, Shah came back to power, but but Shah wasn't you know like uh, was doing everything America wanted, especially in the oil. No, I agree. But those all those things has nothing to do with the oil. Uh, it, it, this is a long story about that because he fired the prime minister. And then the prime minister didn't want to get out of office. This is a story that we Iranian knows it really good. But people outside Iran doesn't know it, and they just keep uh, judging Shah. That he, Shah was great for Iran. He made a lot of mistakes, but he was great. And then the thing is, the, these people who are in power, they were terrorists. Like they were killing American. Uh, um, for example, we have some American. Uh, we call it Mustashar or you know uh, military guys to help the you know, the uh, Army or Navy or Air Force in Iran, they were killing them. They, they were, uh, you know, and then that's why Shah was killing or putting them in jail, some of them. So these people who got in power, they were not even, but anyway. Those, but my, if my and, is, and if I may, if, and if I may, I, if I may for a second, uh, Saddam Hussein was doing the same thing to people that we call the religious terrorists, they did not exist in Iran, or, or and they did not exist in Iraq, but when they are they're there now, but they weren't there under under Saddam. Well, they were just, uh, they were just uh, supporting Palestinians, that some of them were acting like a terrorist those days, if you remember, hijacking airplane, all that. But what I'm trying to say, though, uh, it, it, this is completely different. I mean, this regime or this Ayatollah, have been enemy of the United States for 45 years. I agree. And when, when us, it doesn't matter, Democrat or Republican, I agree. Or, or George Bush or 
or, or Biden. I agree. But they want to stand up to Iran and try to demolish them, and everybody get unhappy. No, Why agree. are we doing this? I, I mean, Roger, I if, agree they with you. if they would have, if they would have taken care of the regime, we didn't have all these problems in the Middle East. If they would have mm. stand up to the regime, the Obama but, especially, uh, if they would have stand up to the regime, they, you know, right now uh, they, they, they are in Syria, they are in Yemen. I mean, would you think? Do you think Yuchi can do anything without Iran, for example? We are. We are, I'm sorry, we are so naive, some but, of us but that's in a America. That's, so a, that's a war between Saudi Arabians and Iranians. And the Houthis are they're pawns in the game, but the United States airstrikes them, the U.K. airstrikes them. They vow, they vow revenge. Do you think they will get that yeah, revenge? Do you think they'll get that revenge? That's not, that's not a war exactly between Saudi Arabia and Iran just want to have the terrorists everywhere. They want to support everything. Yes, Saudi Arabia feels danger. Why? Because Yemen is the neighbor of this Saudi Arabia. But Saudi Arabia just they just got a you know right now relationship with Iran. Now they have an embassy and yeah. everything. Yeah. The problem is the problem is they just doing this against Israel. See the the regime in Iran just is the kind of regime that they like to create a crisis. That's why they stay in the power. I agree. You see how many people, how many Iranian got killed? How many in jail? They're killing almost every day somebody. I agree. No, I, I agree like with 800 you. in four months. I so agree. So this is the only thing. They are just doing it for the inside. They distract people, and they're just saying Israel is our enemy. Israel is not the enemy of Iranian, but they just made them uh, uh, an America. They're just saying get to America every single day. You, but you're saying that is that just between Saudi Arabia and Iran? No. No, I think the entire Middle East is in play right now. And after the after the ouster of Saddam, after the invasion that should never have taken place, the whole balance of power gets thrown out the window. Yeah, so, yeah, I agree with you. And Saddam was yeah, a buffer yeah, I, I, against against the mullahs. It's uh, mullahs, yes, yes. They made a mistake, but, but the problem was... The, I just don't want to take your time. No, please, go ahead. Other please, you're, you're very, no, you're good. But, go ahead. But, it, but I, just, I just want you to know, America is force of good. And, and Chinese, Russian, dictator people, they are force of, really force of evil. But then why? So if America, if America is stay away, see, we're talking about Saddam. You know why they attacked Saddam? You remember. He I took over Kuwait. He just took the country. First war. Saddam was just like Khomeini. The, the first war. He's but, a uh, Bush father. I mean, so, but, but then again, uh, the rest of it, I understand it was all misunderstanding or misinformation. Not a misunderstanding. You can't be a misunderstanding lies. to do that. And, you know, when you. When you but, but the whole world was saying that is the chemical stuff. And then Saddam was a stupid. He didn't let everybody come to, 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 to see it. That's, that was his stupidity, Saddam, because he could have just bring everybody in the country and just let them go investigate, it's, just like what Iran is doing, and don't let uh, anybody come right now. It's very difficult in in to defend Saddam or to def, defend Ayatollah or defend. And one of the things that I've learned as a reader and a little bit of a traveler is understand through the eyes of those people in Iraq and how they saw what happened, not how we were told what was happening by Bush and by Cheney, but what the truth really was. And if Saddam Hussein were still there, I don't think much of this that's taking place right now would be still would be taking place. I really don't believe it. It's, it was possible. Yes, you're right. But but they went to Syria and killed like. They helped uh, uh, Assad kill like 500,000 people. I agree. And nobody did anything. No. So that's why they are so powerful right now, Iran, because they did everything they want and nobody stopped them. And now mm. everybody's scared of them. And they don't have anything. They don't have any well, air force. They don't have any no, navy. No. They just have some missiles and then uh, and a lot of uh, CG or what they call it, guard. Mm. But my point is, they, if America is not there, all this dictatorship is going to be more and more and more. If you believe in democracy, you believe in freedom, this country, uh, human rights. Where, where has this country in Southeast Asia or Iraq or Afghanistan, uh, where, where have these been successful places in the money that's been spent? And I'm saying pick and choose your fights. 
And I don't know what this fight's even about yeah. at this point. I really yeah. don't. Yeah. Pecan, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Pick and choose. But I just ask you one thing. Sure. Uh, especially as a conservative person. I mean, I'm surprised the conservative guys are changing. See, no, I've always felt this way. I've always believed this. Yeah, Democrats always wanted to be a stay away from the country. If you remember in Jimmy Carter and all those like 30, 40 years ago, you know, they were just saying, hey, why are you doing that? Why Reagan is going to overseas? Why are we thinking about being a superpower? All that. But now it's the other way around. Republicans, they want to be isolated, especially Trump if he comes well, to the power. He want to come out of NATO. But the thing is, if they do something, it just all goes to one thing. Do you want to be America to be a superpower, to be a well, evil of good in the world? Or do you want to be just country I, like, for example, uh, Greece or Italy? Well, we're, it, no, we're, that's all that, it is. If the, you want to be a superpower, are, you have no, to those, those are very old countries that have been battered apart. What I worry about yeah. is my country, this country, and what is going to come to this country after years and years and years of going abroad for no reason at all, spending billions of dollars, losing all fine young yeah. men and women, and we come to this. And it has to end. Yeah. It really does. Raj, I, yeah. I, this is your, your call of the day, man. It's a very good call. Well, um, well thank you so much. No. Just, just one more last thing. If, sure. If Yemenis, for example, they're hitting the ships, those ship the tankers. Yeah. Don't you think that affect on the economy in the world? But they're so do- who, who's supposed to stop them? If but, if America doesn't go and hit the Hoochies, you call it Hoochie or yeah, Hoochies, uh-huh. who is going to do that? But I mean, who's going to stop them? But they're not hitting the tanks of neutral countries, or the uh, ships of neutral countries. They're they're picking they're picking, no, no, they're, they're, yeah. they're picking their targets. Yeah, well, and that's what's important. I love the call. Thank you, sir, very much. Uh, we're going to take a break and do a turnaround and come back in the next hour. Palestinian people will be in studio. Ask yourself why. I mean, all of these w- senseless wars, and are we sitting on the edge of another one? And why? And what have we learned? 303-696-1971. It's Saturday. Lou, you ready? Let's do the quick one. We'll come back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.